Coyote is a dreamer and a drama queen, brazen and brave, faithful yet fiercely independent. She beats her own drum and sews her own crop tops. A gifted equestrian, she's half dog, half coyote, and all power. Together with her trusted steed, Red, there's not much that's too big for her to bite off, chew up, and spit out right in your face if you deserve it. But when Coyote and Red find themselves on the run from a trio of vengeful bad dogs, get clobbered by arrows, and are tragically separated, our protagonist is left fighting for her life and longing for her displaced best friend. Taken in by a wolf clan, Coyote may be wounded, but it's not long before she's back on the open road to track down Red and tackle the dogs who wronged her. Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg, and today I'm going to talk about Coyote Dog Girl by Lisa Hannawald. You may know Lisa Hannawalt's work from BoJack Horseman. She's production designer and producer on that show. Um, she is also the creator of the animated show Tuca and Birdie. But before she started doing uh, successful animated shows, she's a cartoonist and uh, has produced many comic books, going back to mini comics at SPX, um, working with Alvin Buenaventura at Pigeon Press, and doing uh, several collected books of her comics from Drawn and Quarterly, who is the publisher of Coyote Dog Girl here. So the first thing I'll tell you is this is a, um, a Western story uh, or a cowboy. Uh, I grew up in a house where uh, my dad's favorite thing to watch on television were cowboys, as he called them, typically old black and white Westerns um, featuring John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, and character actors of that sort. So reading Coyote Dog Girl was a lot of fun for me. I'm very familiar with the Western genre. I love genre work in general. And unlike some of Lisa's other comics, which are shorter works and um, collections of, of short strips, this is one coherent graphic novel. So the entire book is about Coyote Dog Girl and kind of a specific adventure arc that, uh, that we follow the character through the book. One thing this book is known for is subverting a lot of the expectations that come with the Western genre. And again, I mentioned, you know, growing up watching a lot of these, so I'm familiar with those genres. Uh, I also enjoy watching a talented storyteller subvert expectations of a genre. It can be a very enjoyable experience as a reader or a viewer to, uh, to, to go through genre as a beginning structure and then find a lot of the, uh, the personal expression of the creator on hand to, I guess, surprise and change what we expect from that genre. And so I want to start with this very first spread that we see that comes before even the title page. This is uh, one of the interesting things. Lisa Hannawalt's a, a very funny cartoonist, but she's also a cartoonist that does a lot of formally inventive things. And so she's not, she's not working exclusively in panels or in a grid or what we think of as panel-to-panel -panel continuity. She will also have these things that are non-sequiturs, standalone comics, cartoons, um, you know, it's really a broad comics language that Lisa is drawing from. And in this case, we see some important information. So before we even get into the story, we get to see a little bit about Coyote Dog Girl, uh, who she is, her horse Red, and some of, the, um, some of the equipment, clothing, saddles, things of that nature that are part of their life and, and part of what they are taking on this journey as well as um, wish lists. And here we see her humor right away with uh, Pleasure Saddle. And you can see various dildos, vibrator type things mounted on the saddle itself. Um, pretty funny, humorous. 
a little bit of an adult nod and this is very indicative of the tone of this this book itself so one of the first genre subversions that i will mention is this attention to humor if you watch those old cowboys um clint eastwood and john wayne are not exactly funny if you if uh, if you're familiar with those movies and so like having the humor that lisa I think can't help bringing to the comics that she makes. Having that humor in a Western uh, setting, it, it really does uh, change the tone of the story quite a bit in the reading experience. You know, I mentioned rereading this for a book club, and it was very fun to get back into. You know, there are a lot of great stories and comics that I've read that may be a little bit heavy, maybe a little bit dramatic or serious, and they're not as pleasurable to actually revisit, even though they're very rewarding to read. Um, that is not the case with this with this graphic novel. Um, I enjoyed it more the second time, and it's probably something I'll read again in the near future because it is a very enjoyable uh, world to visit. Part of that enjoyment comes from her colors. I'm a big fan of, of Lisa's work, not just as a cartoonist, but also as a painter, and you can see that online if you follow her, if you visit her website. You'll see that... Um, you know, she's a very accomplished visual artist that's not just limited to comics or just to animation. She's done, um, you know, spot illustrations, editorial illustrations for places like New York Times. She's also known for her paintings. So, um, again, you can find a lot of that stuff online, but it's on display in these comics. And I mentioned not sticking to any um, specific panel structure. You can see right away, breaking out of that, the confines of a rigid panel border or frame. Uh, you can see that on display right here. Another example of the subversion of the Western genre is the color. And I mentioned how beautiful that color is and how much I love this color, but it's also atypical for Westerns. You know, the Westerns that I grew up watching, a lot of them were in black and white, but even the ones that were in color were dry and dusty and desaturated for the most part. You know, they, they felt like deserts. And this is set in kind of the Southwest, I think, um, it's not specified, but that's the sense I get, you know, when I think of Westerns, it's it's obviously out West. I think that's on display here, and you see it in some of the vegetation, but you also see these great colors. And if you've spent any time in, in the American Southwest, you probably note the beautiful colors from the skies to various vegetation, rock formations. There's a lot of color to be found there. And so it's something that I appreciate um, almost anywhere, but... Uh, is clearly on display in these vivid colors uh, in this particular story. So hats off to both Lisa Hanawalt and to Drawn and Quarterly, the publisher, for finding a way to reproduce these colors uh, bright and vividly and saturated um, for our enjoyment as readers. Another obvious um, genre subversion is having a female lead. Typically, you know, I mentioned John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. Typically, the, uh, the American Westerns and Cowboys feature male leads in that role. So that's another one of the um, subversions of the Western genre that's on display in this particular story. Since Coyote, Dog Girl uh, is a female. Despite a lot of the humor that is found in this story and makes it so pleasurable to read, it's not without violence. You know, there, there are several moments that are tense, sad, violent, and all of these things, the humor sort of has this disarming quality. As you're reading this and kind of enjoying, you know, Coyote Dog Girl and, and her back and forth with her trusted horse, Red, it's very lighthearted to a point. 
and now suddenly we're confronted with the violence that we ex come to expect in Western stories, uh, whenever that violence appears, it, it has a little bit of a different impact as a reader because of the tone. You know, that tone is not what I expect whenever I'm watching a Western, you know, and, and expecting gunfights and, and violence. And it kind of lulls you into this place of just enjoying the landscape and the characters. And when the violence shows up, it has a great impact. And I think part of that is achieved because of the juxtaposition of different tones. So what we see here is Coyote Dog Girl is has been shot with these arrows. This wolf pack has kind of um, brought her back to to try to save her, to nurse her back to health. Red has fleed, and so as she's coming in and out of like a fever state, her mind is on her trusted horse, Red, you know, her, her best friend, her confidant, Red, and where is Red? And we cut to uh, where Red is at in Red's struggles. Red has separated and is now off on her, his? I'm not sure if Red is a, is a male or female horse, but Red is off on, on its own and uh, trying to you know, survive the same way that Coyote Dog Girl is trying to survive from her wounds. Red is trying to survive versus uh, wild animals. Um, you know, she, she's imagining where he might be and what's going on, that he could have uh, taken over the, uh, the Mustangs and uh, running with these wild Mustangs, or perhaps he's traveling solo, battling wild mountain beasts until they beg for clemency. And so we see Red facing uh, eagles and snakes and mountain lions and bears. Um, part of the humor and charm of this story are these kinds of asides that are uh, very entertaining. And then we go from her imagination of where Red might be to the uh, the reality, you know, the, the crosscut of where Red is. So Red found some food, but Red's wandering. And unfortunately, the dogs that uh, Coyote Dog Girl and Red have been facing catch up to Red and uh, and get hold of Red. So. You see a little blood on the saddle. This is another one of those moments of violence that when, when you see this stuff after, you know, after a very funny kind of cartoon panel of red battling all these wild animals, and then you see the little bit of blood stain left on the saddle, it's, it's, a, it's a reminder of that shift in tone and that Coyote Dog Girl is facing, you know, possibly death, um, certainly some kind of pain and struggles. And then, you know, the bigger context of this story is this bad group of dogs that they are at odds with and now they've caught up with red so not a good thing for red at this point this is one of my favorite pages from from this book um, i think it's beautiful on its own i am a sucker for well done silhouettes as you all know but also it's just a uh, a tone setter you know the waiting until this moment to kind of use this type of color palette very well done great choice you know this is the kind of thing that's subtle and perfect at the same time. Um, I don't know whether that's intuition or Hannah Walt's been making comics for a while. So, you know, the mark of a good storyteller, the mark of a good artist. I remember watching a video where she was going through some of the behind the scenes of making BoJack Horseman. And as production designer, she was, I think, talking about using setting and backgrounds to enhance whatever's going on in the story, um, you know, and some of that is building characters. So if you were to go visit a character, uh, to go visit their office, their office would tell you a lot about that character. And in a lot of ways, I feel like that's what you see on display, this idea of like, how does the background tell you about these characters that are bad news? Uh, 
you know, these are violent characters and we're going to see their violence as the story unfolds. But in this particular page, I think there's no doubt that these are very scary characters compared to what we've seen so far in the book. And to me, it's similar to uh, hearing, hearing Hannah Walt explain some of her choices in creating a setting for a character in BoJack Horseman. I think it's also noteworthy, we talk a lot on this channel about things like backgrounds, you know, using all the details that you have at hand as a storyteller and as a cartoonist. And I think this is a fun example because this is all done essentially with color. You know, it's, it's silhouette, which is just using black. And then the color of that, that fiery blood red sky. So not so much in the drawing on this particular page as color as being the way to establish the background, the scene, the tone, and really these characters' personalities and, and what's coming up. This is another example of lists that she uses very well to establish the wolf pack where Coyote Dog Girl is now staying and has kind of been adopted by these characters. If you, if you know uh, Hannah Walt, if you follow her, you know she's an animal lover. So it's kind of fun too to see her putting lots of different animals throughout the story. I like how colorful the snake is. I've been drawing a lot of snakes lately, and so uh, I've looked at a lot of snakes for reference, and it's 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 very, uh, you know, uh, whenever you buy a new car or when you look at a new car, you start to see that model everywhere that you look, and I feel like whenever I'm referencing something like snakes online, um, then you start to notice snakes wherever you see them. So uh, pretty interesting snake here. I love the color of it. <clears throat> Another chance at some putting some jokes in coyote dog girl um she's very playful as a character has a lot of attitude does her own thing a uh, little bit of a smart ass to to both friends and foes um so a very lively character and she's uh she's there her and these kids are fooling around doing kind of like rock art drawing on the on the rock sidewalk chalk if you will and uh and she draws a big a big dick on this horse and then the, uh, one of the mother characters comes over and is like, you can't do that. <laughs> there are um, a few places throughout this story that do this sort of thing. This is Coyote Dog Girl. They're, they're giving her a horse to ride so that they can go hunting with her and, and gathering and traveling. And, uh, and they lend her different horses to try out which one she wants to use. And she's fooling around doing like, you know, acrobatic tricks and, and trick riding and stuff on these horses. This kind of thing happens several times throughout this book, and it's another one of those bits of tone that are part of what I love about Hannah Walt's work. You know, it's, it's funny, it's playful, it's energetic, it's unexpected, but it's also um, part of the reading experience. It's fun, you know, it's, it's fun and funny. I would compare it a little bit to something like a Wes Anderson movie and the way he will often add these details that seem to be there just to amuse, um, maybe just to amuse himself, but, but end up amusing the audience as well. They're just little asides, but they're kind of a nice moment of characterization, you know, showing a bit of Coyote Dog Girl's personality and playfulness and love of, of you know, being a, a cowboy and riding these horses beautiful landscapes. Another cartooning technique 
and I always forget the name of this. It, it's it's uh, it's named I think after an old cartoonist, but it's whenever characters go through the same scene or the same panel, but uh, through motion you see them in several different positions as they move through that that image. Uh, I always think of Daredevil as being an example of a comic that would often use that kind of a trick, but here we see it uh, with Coyote Dog Girl out on a basically a horse ride, horseback ride. And again, these panels that come in and out of what we think of as traditional panels, but certainly no adherence to a grid or anything. And this is a flashback to what put her at odds with those dogs. And I don't want to give too much away. I don't want to go through all of this. So I'm going to kind of just skip ahead to some, some different panels. There's hunting scenes. Um, and eventually, eventually Coyote Dog Girl is going to leave because she needs to go find Red. So she's gotten along well with these wolves. She borrows, uh, uh, makes arrangements to borrow this horse and, uh, and off she goes to try to find her, her horse, you know, her trusted companion, her good friend. And there's her inventory of what she's carrying. So uh, she means business. There's a revolver and a knife involved, along with uh, water, food, a rope, and a harmonica. <laughs> Funny moment again, I mentioned Wes Anderson, and uh, it makes me think of Mr. Fox whenever the, the animals would eat in his stop-motion movie, and they would really look like animals, and there's a little bit of that humor, I think, here on display. This is one of, um, this is one of my favorite panels in the book. It's an underwater point of view of uh, both the horse and coyote dog girl swimming. I just think it looks great. Uh, I've seen photos of like elephants swimming in water from underneath, and it reminds me a little bit of, of that kind of imagery. I'm not sure why I respond to that, but I do, and I think this looks great. But also as a spread, this is another example of, of a moment of, you know, it's like a use of montage, which we don't see in that many comics. You know, a lot of comics, especially if it's a monthly comic, it may be very, very tightly paced, so you don't have the room to play around and see these characters um, being themselves and, and kind of enjoying a, a happy moment in a stream. It could also be because it's about 100 degrees on the day that I'm recording this, and so the idea of swimming in a stream is very appealing to me right now. But it kind of shows this character, I think, in a more complex manner. You know, she's she is looking for her lost horse companion, but she's also not above enjoying the moment. So I don't want to give away the whole story. I think that's a pretty good sample of um, what you will get in Coyote Dog Girl. This is an amazing story. Uh, like I said, it's very fun and enjoyable if you're into genre, if you're into westerns or cowboys, or beautiful coloring, or auteur kind of storytelling. Um, I didn't mention lettering, but if you look closely, you know we always make a big deal about hand lettering. The, the lettering is done by hand, and it also you know fits and complements the uh, artwork perfectly. It's very easy to read, very clear, and a good match for the artwork itself. I think it's an extremely well done graphic novel by one of my favorite cartoonists, Lisa Hannawalt. Uh, highly recommended again for fans of genre, fans of westerns. 
Um, I know that uh, westerns have become a more popular genre in comics and in American comics and graphic novels. So this is one to add to your list if you're enjoying that genre. And it will definitely be a little different than most of the westerns and cowboys that you encounter. This would also be a perfect gift for uh, your boyfriend or girlfriend who is a fan of BoJack Horseman or Tuca and Birdie. Um, this might be a really nice surprise if you're, if you're a fan of the animation or if a loved one is a fan of the animation work of Lisa Hanna-Walt but may not be familiar with her comics, uh, this could be a perfect gift uh, for, for an upcoming birthday, holiday, anniversary, something of that sort. You can like, follow, and subscribe below the video. Be sure to click the little bell icon so we can notify you whenever we have new videos or any live streams. You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can pick up Cartoonist Kayfabe merchandise and t-shirts at the list below this video. Thanks for watching and read more comics.